so bhagavata talks to hayavadana and gets to know that he has done everything in his power to get rid of his head but was still unable to there's a long silence bhagavata come to think of it hayavadana why don't you try the kali of mount chitrakoot anything you say its temple at the top of mount chitrakoot the god is there is famous for being ever awake to the call of the devotees thousands used to flock to her temple once no one goes now though why not she used to give anything anyone asked for as the people became aware of this they stopped going fools why don't you try her hayavadana jumps up why not i'll start at once good but i don't think you should go alone it's a wild road you will have to ask a lot of people which won't be easy for you so to the actor you'd better go with him me yes that way you can make up for having insulted him but bhagavata sir may i point out that his roadside manners there he is insulting me now let him find his own way what do i care come come don't let's start fighting now don't worry there's no highway there only a cart track at best you have no reason to feel insulted actually you should admire him even in his dire need he doesn't lose his civic sense be off now so bhagavata wants to seek help for hayavadana and after thinking for some time he wonders whether it will be good for hayavadana to visit the kali goddess kali of mount chitrakoot hayavadana is willing to try anything that the bhagavata would suggest bhagavata tells him that the temple of goddess kali is at the top of mount chitrakoot and goddess uh, kali is famous for being alert to the call of her devotees once upon a time the temple was very famous and thousands of pilgrims used to flock there however no one goes there now hayavadana asks him the reason and bhagavata tells him that it is probably because whenever the devotees used to ask her any gift any boon the goddess immediately used to grant and the devotees grew fed up of this and finally they stopped going hayavadana feels that they are fools for having stopped going to goddess kali in spite of the fact that she used to grant everything that they ever asked for bhagavata asks hayavadana to try this goddess and hayavadana immediately starts going however bhagavata feels that it is not good of hayavadana to travel alone since the road to mount uh, chitrakoot where the kali, goddess kali resides is a wild one and he would probably have to ask instructions from a lot of people in order to reach there which won't be very easy for him since he carries the head of a horse and he would not want to be visible so he turns to the actor and asks him to go along with hayavadana to accompany him the actor is not very willing but bhagavata feels that the actor could go with hayavadana and compensate for having insulted him however hayavadana points out that the actor has very bad roadside manners because when he ha- when hayavadana had met the actor for the first time he remembers that he had been relieving himself on the roadside actor feels that bhagavata is insulting him and asks him to find his own way however bhagavata interferes and tells him uh, that um, the road to mount chitrakoot 
is is extremely uh, dangerous there's no highway there only pro- probably a cart track a track through which only a horse cart can enter and he tells the actor that there is entirely no reason to feel insulted and in fact he should admire hayavadana even in spite of his uh, dire need he is in such great need to go to mount kali uh, mount chitrakoot to visit goddess kali and in spite of that he still doesn't forget his civic sense he has such good manners and good civic sense and duty and response he has the sense of duty and responsibility that is the reason why he is talking in this manner and he should be admired for that hayavadana to the actor please don't get upset i won't bother you i promise to the bhagavada i am most grateful bhagavada blessing him may you become successful in your search for completeness the two go each one to his own fate each one to his own desire each one to his own luck let's now turn to our story he starts singing the following is a prose rendering of the song so uh, Hayavadana assures the actor that he wouldn't bother him in the course of the journey and is grateful to the Bhagavada for helping him. Bhagavada wishes success for Hayavadana in his search for completeness and the the the, the two go uh, Hayavadana along with the actor go uh, to Mount Chitrakoot. Bhagavada then sings a, a a a song each one to his own fate everyone has his own destiny and his own desire as well they have their own uh, bits of luck so he now turns to the story that he is about to enact he sings two friends were there one mind one heart they saw a girl and forgot themselves but they could not understand the song she sang so this sentence is extremely important because it carries the gist of the entire play the play centers around two friends devdatta and kapila who dwelt as if they had one mind and one heart however their lives change when they meet the girl uh, a girl named patmani and they forget themselves however patmani was uh, in, in an entirely she 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 um she spun her own destiny in fact and it was an entirely different song that she sang they could not understand patmani at all she was such a complex woman such a complex character that they could not really understand what it was that patmani needed so this is the gist of the story we have kapila and devdatta two friends who dwelt as though they had one mind and one heart however when devdatta meets patmani uh, life changes forever for the two friends but they fail to understand the nature of patmani the complexity of her character and the intricacies of her desires female chorus sings why should love stick to the sap of a single body when the stem is drunk with the thick yearning of the many petaled many flowered lantana why should it be tied down to the relation of a single flower so the song of the chorus is also important because it resonates with the theme of the play the play deals with the idea of love and the complexity of love uh, the female chorus wonders why love should stick to the sap of a single body so love is not confined to a single body alone in one uh, birth a person can experience 
many different forms of love so just as the sap of a tree the sticky substance within the tree you remember the sap within the tree is not confined to a single branch it moves out to every to, to many different parts of the plant so when the stem is drunk with a thick yearning of the many petaled many flowered lantana why should it be tied down to the relation of a single flower so here the chorus compares love to uh, the the relationship between a stem and its many flowers in the same way as the stem which is drunk with its desire towards the flowers if a stem has five flowers it has equal desire it has it is equally bound to all the five flowers and if there is uh, uh, for example the many petaled uh, many flowered so lantana is a flower which has uh, many petals and this plant bears a number of flowers as well so uh, all the flowers go back to a single stem they are bound to a single stem in the same way as the stem elicits equal desire for all the flowers for all the beautiful flowers that grow out of its many branches similarly love also should not be confined to a single flower alone love can be equally given in many directions so uh, it talks about probably the theme of the play is also similar it talks about multifaceted love or love that extends in many different directions patmini herself is equally in love with both kapila and devadatta so this sort of a complex relationship is what is explored in the play bhagavada sings they forgot themselves and took off their bodies and she took the laughing heads and held them high so the pouring blood bathed her colored her red then she danced around and sang so bhagavadas um, verses are also uh, a reminder of what is to follow in the play uh, it is uh, in short the theme of the play so the men forgot themselves when they saw patmini they sacrificed their bodies and patmini took the laughing heads of the men held them high so that the blood bathed her totally and colored her red so here the indication is to the love that she yearns to have from both men and that in fact completes her patmini also is a representative of uh, the yearning for completion which is the theme of the play so she danced around and sang because she could enjoy the body so the blood the the act of patmini bathing in blood is reminiscent of her enjoying to the fullest the love the 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 desire that she had for both men and enjoying uh, or reveling in their bodies to the fullest female chorus sings a head for each breast a pupil for each eye a side for each arm i have neither regret nor shame the blood pours into the earth and a song branches out in the sky so this uh, verse these verses that are sung by the female chorus also tells about the yearning for completion for each breast you require a head if there is a pupil the pupil needs the eye to complete it the arm requires a side to complete it so only if there is a side can the arm be attached 
only if there is the breast can the head be attached and the the eye becomes complete only with the pupil so it, in totality everyone yearns for completion and perfection so the blood pours into the earth and uh, uh, with the blood so even if you are killed uh, even if the blood moves into the earth it never comes to a standstill from the blood a beautiful song it is just like a tree branching out in the into the sky a beautiful song branches out to the sky so all this uh, echoes or is symbolic of the idea of perfection that all men yearn for now we move on to the play and we'll un perhaps understand uh, clearer what the playwright intends to tell us devdatta enters and sits on the chair he is a slender rather good looking person with a fair complexion he is lost in thought kapila enters he is powerfully built and darker so the main character enters the two main characters in fact devdatta enters and sits on the chair and a description of him is, uh, of devdatta is given he is very slender thin and good looking and he has a fair complexion he is seen lost in thought his friend kapila enters compared to devdatta in contrast to devdatta kapila is stronger powerfully built but his complexion is darker kapila even as he is entering devdatta why didn't you come to the gymnasium last evening i asked you to it was such fun so from the first sentence itself it is evident that kapila being a, a, the physically stronger person is more interested in sports that demand physical exertion so he had gone to the gymnasium and he had been watching a wrestling match devdatta preoccupied some work kapila really you should have come the wrestler from gandhara he is one of india's greatest you know he came nanda and i were wrestling when he arrived he watched us when i caught nanda in a crocodile hold he first burst into applause and said so uh, this sen these sentences tell us that kapila is very much interested in physical activities he is a wrestler and uh, he had been watching the wrestler from Ga he had been watched by the wrestler from gandhara who was one of the one of india's greatest wrestlers so when this great wrestler from gandhara had arrived nanda and kapila were wrestling and uh, he caught uh, kapila happened to catch nanda in a crocodile hold so kapila was almost about to win the match and this wrestler from gandhara who is supposed to be one of the greatest wrestlers of the country was so excited that he started bursting into applause but uh, kapila even as he is narrating the story notices that devadatta isn't listening he stops and then pauses devadatta waking up then kapila then what devadatta flustered I, i mean what did nanda do he played the flute devadatta more confused Uh, no i mean you were you were saying something about the wrestler from gandhara weren't you he wrestled with me for a few minutes patted me on the back and said you'll go far that's nice yes it is who's it this time what do you mean i mean who is it this time what do you mean who i mean who is the girl no one how did you guess my dear friend i have seen you fall in love fifth Fifteen times in the last two years. How could I not guess? Kapila, if you come to make fun of me, I am not making fun of you. Every time you have been the first to tell me about it. Why so reticent this time? How can you even talk of them in the same breath as her? Before her, they are as Kapila. 
as stars before the moon, as the glowworms before a torch. Yes, yes, yes. That's been so 15 times too. Devdatta exploding. Why don't you go home? You're becoming a bore. Don't get annoyed, please. You call my, yourself my friend, but you haven't understood me at all. And have you understood me? No, you haven't. Or you wouldn't get angry like this. Don't you know I would do anything for you? Jump into a well or walk into fire. Even my parents aren't as close to me as you are. I would leave them this minute if you asked me to. Devdatta irritated. Don't start on that now. You've said it 50 times already. Kapila, and I say it again. If it wasn't for you, I would have been no better than the ox in, your, uh, in our yard. You showed me that there were such things as poetry and literature. You taught me, Devdatta, why don't you go home? All I wanted was to be my myself already, alone. And you had to come and start your chatter. What do you know of poetry and literature? Go back to your smithy. That's where you belong. Kapila hurt. Do you really want me to go? Yes. All right. That's what you want. Starts to go. Devdatta. Sit down. This is of course exactly what Kapila wants. He sits down on the floor and don't speak. Devdatta gets down on the floor to sit beside Kapila. Kapila at once leaps up and gestures to Devdatta to sit on the chair. Devdatta shakes his head but Kapila insists, pulls him up by his arm. Devdatta gets up. You are a pest. Sits on the chair. Kapila sits down on the ground happily. A long pause. Devdatta slowly. How can I describe her, Kapila? Her forelocks rival the bees. Her faces, all this is familiar to Kapila and he joins it with great enjoyment, both together. Her face is a white lotus. Her beauty is as the magic lake. Her arms, the lotus creepers. Her breasts are golden urns and her waist, Devdatta. No, no, Kapila, ah, I was blind all these days. I deceived myself that I understood poetry. I didn't. I understood nothing. So, uh, Kapila comes to Devdatta and he is excitedly talking to him about a wrestling match. But he notices that Devdatta isn't listening. So he stops and pauses and uh, when Devdatta uh, tries to pretend that he has been listening, Kapila is, uh, is actually a, a bit um, offended perhaps. Uh, so Devdatta asks, okay, Nanda and you were in a wrestling match and then what happened? So then Kapila says, ah, then he came there and played the flute. And then Devdatta says, oh, you were talking about the wrestler from Gandhara, what happened? Kapila says, yeah, he just wrestled with me for a few minutes, patted me on the back and said, you'll go far. And then Kapila comes to the point because he understands he has been with Devdatta for so long that he understands every vibe of Devdatta and he understands what happens when Devdatta behaves in a certain way. So whenever he sits quiet and still like this, he always knows that Devdatta is in love and he has been in love already with many different women. So Kapila asks directly, who is it this time? And then uh, Devdatta pretends as though he didn't understand. He asks, what do you mean? And then Kapila finally goes straight to the point. He asks, who is the girl this time? So every time Devdatta has fallen in love with a different girl, he has always behaved in the same manner. So this is nothing new to Kapila. He understands that he is in love. And then Kapila says, see, already for 15 times you have fallen in love in the last two years. And every time you have behaved in the same manner, then how is it very difficult to guess? And then Devdatta is offended. He says, see, if you have come to make fun of me, then you needn't continue. Kapila says, no, 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 I am not making fun of you. Every time, whenever you have fallen in love, you have always talked to me first. So then why are you so silent this time? 
and then Devadatta starts describing the girl he has fallen in love with. See, all the others are different. Before, before the other girls whom I have fallen in love, this one is, and he starts describing her, but Kapila joins in because each time Devadatta has fallen in love with a different woman, he has repeated the same verses. He has always uh, mentioned every girl to be different from the others and he has described them the same way as stars before the moon. So Kapila also repeats along with Devadatta because the verses are very familiar to him. He says, oh yeah, uh, compared to her, compared to the new girl that you have seen, the other girls are nothing. They are just like, they shine, the, the glow that they have is as feeble as the glow of the stars in front of the bright light of the moon or they are like feeble glowworms in front of the bright light of the torch for 15 times every time you have fallen in love it has been the same and again Dev, Devdatta gets annoyed but then Kapila says see why do you get angry with me I am ready to do anything for you if you ask me to jump into the well or walk into the fire I would do anything for you you are closer to me than even my parents if you ask me to leave my parents I would even do that for you and Devdatta is irritated because every time Kapila keeps repeating this, so uh, Kapila says, no, 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 I am very serious about this. Uh, if, if, if it is on account of you that I have become so civilized. So Devdatta is a very learned philosopher and uh, he has conveyed all his wisdom and learning to Kapila. So Kapila admits that it is on account of Devdatta that he came to know that there were such things as poetry and literature and he has taught him many different things. But then Devadatta is really irritated this time. He asks, very hurtfully, he asks Kapila to go back home because he wants to stay alone for some time and he doesn't want to listen to his chatter. Uh, what do you know? He, he uh, in fact, insults him. He says, what do you know of poetry and literature? You better go back to your smithy because that's where you belong. So this shows the distinct uh, class difference between Kapila and Devadatta. Kapila is the son of an ordinary blacksmith and Devadatta belongs to a very uh, uh, elite Brahmin family, belongs to the upper class, whereas uh, Kapila uh, comes from the lower class. And then Kapila is naturally hurt. However, when he start, begins to go out, Devadatta asks him to sit down. And again, uh, Kapila sits down right on the floor. Again, an indication of the difference in the class status between the even though Devdatta sits close to Kapila, he also sits down level along with Kapila, thus showing that he wants to be on level with his friend. Kapila does not allow him to do so. So that there, there is a very clear distinction in the, the classes to which each one belongs and both are conscious and aware of it. Uh, even though the Devdatta consciously tries to avoid this difference, consciously tries to sit right down on the floor next to Kapila. Kapila is always self-conscious and aware of the fact that he is, he belongs to a lower order than Devdatta. And so he insists that Devdatta should sit on the chair. And then he starts describing the woman that he has fallen in love with. Uh, this description is again the same as the description that he had always given every 15 times he had fallen in, uh, uh, he had fallen in love. So, uh, Devdath, uh, Kapila also joins along with the description. Uh, he says that this lady's four locks, the, the locks of hair that fall in front of her hair, are so uh, vigorous that they, are even, they, they, they move even swifter than the bees. And her face is as fair as that of a white lotus. 
her beauty is as sparkling as that of the magic lake her arms are so slender that they look like lotus creepers and her breasts are so rounded that they look like beautiful golden urns and her waist and he keeps on continuing and then finally devadatta says no 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 this is not the way i should describe her i was blind all these days i had cheated myself that i had understood poetry but no no i haven't understood poetry at all this is not poetry this is not the way i should describe her so let's pause there now we will continue after in the next recording